evening, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Geeks Who Haunt. I am joined again by Chris Chipman for a movie that he wanted us so badly to watch, and I have feelings. <laughs> I have I have opinions. I'm sorry, Chris is asleep right now. <laughs> okay. You'll, you'll have to refer to me as Simon for the rest of the evening. Okay, Simon. All right. I can do Simon. <laughs> All right, Simon. So I live in the weak and the wounded, Kelly. Oh, my I God. Live in the weak and the wounded. Okay. I can't believe I didn't get that. Uh, <laughs> why? Just trying, to, just trying to lighten the mood. I know. No, I know. <laughs> Don't worry. These, uh, Ulrich has been just going off about this movie all day it has just been kind of like all right let, let's move on all right we we understand we don't like the movie just just move on <laughs> i think I, I think it's fantastic i i've i've been um i told him i've been in a bubble of of love for this thing for for my entire life with it so it'll be really good to have um dissenting opinion i think it'll make the conversation uh much better to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think this is going to be the first ever recording I've done where it's a movie I don't like. Um, so hopefully the viewers find this entertaining. Um, I, how about you go ahead and just do a quick what Session 9 is about? Sure. Um, so, uh, you know, Session 9, it, it came out in 2001. It was, it was made in... Um, the year 2000. Uh, it was Brad Anderson's first horror film. He's, he's a local boy from around here. I'm, I'm from Massachusetts and he had made two romantic comedies before this. So it was a little bit strange um, to hear him doing a horror movie, but then everything he's done since has basically been horror or suspense thriller type stuff. Um, so I think he kind of found his niche. At least I think he did. <laughs> um, so some people don't, but um, session nine was, was a cool thing because I grew up and a lot of us, I think in America have grown up near, um, abandoned mental hospitals, right. Um, you know, my, my mother worked there at Denver state, um, oh, mental cool. hospital when she was a nurse in college. Um, and the stories she told about that place are horrifying. You know, she talked about the underground tunnels, which are shown in this movie and um, how the doctors and nurses and everyone had to walk with their hands on their keys because the patients would rub up against you to take them. Um, She would talk about uh, the areas that were locked from the outside that doctors and patients stayed in that um, weren't allowed to leave or come in. It it was a horrifying sounding place. It was actually the place that HP Lovecraft based Arkham on. Oh, wow. Um, he came and visited here and went to this hospital and watched and saw what they were doing there. This is like one of the most classic of the of the late 1800s mental hospitals because they were all on the East Coast, right? Because that's that's where mm-hmm. it was. Um, my friend, my friends live in or used to live in the condos and apartments that they turned this place into. So when they were turning these into apartments, they filmed this movie there when they were doing the asbestos removal and everything to prep for it and bent the story and that they were doing it to turn it into Danvers town hall and, you know, the municipal buildings and all that. So uh, need, needless to say, growing up around here, we have a lot of history with uh-huh. the place. 
And so hearing that a local guy was making a movie, a horror movie that took place there, you know, this is the kind of place like, you know, teenagers, like the rite of passage was to break into this place and drink there, you know, and to do graffiti and to run from the cops because the state police barracks were right across the street, you know, so this is like the local urban legend place, right? So having a guy make a movie, um, I, I will say that I'm completely biased in my, um, you know, you, you there's a kind of thing where if it's, if it's familiar to you, like if they make a horror movie that takes place in Salem, Massachusetts, I'm probably going to love it, even though it's complete garbage. You know what I mean? And the reason for the reason for that is that it's something I've lived with my whole life being depicted on screen. Hence why I'm actually excited to see Hubie Halloween, even though most of Adam Sandler's output has been hot garbage besides uncut gems. Um, So this movie, I mean, Talk about a perfect storm for a release for me. I'm at Blockbuster. It's my first year working at Blockbuster. I've been hearing about this local movie being filmed. We get one copy in to rent. This was a small movie, right? This 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 would be the equivalent to like an A24 movie today, not even like a Blumhouse yeah. movie. This thing would get the, maybe it played in one art house screen in three towns in the country, and then it came out on DVD, right? So this was a this was an event movie. This was like a sit down. I rented it, brought it home. My mom watched it. She was terrified from the opening frame because she's actually been in this place. But again, I I can understand where someone might come from in that there's not really much there other than atmosphere. And and we can get into that. Um, But for me, uh, you know, the movie session nine, just to give the people an idea what it is, uh, a Denver State Mental Hospital, which is called in the movie. This isn't like a, you know, trying to blend the facts into fiction, um, is being renovated to create the town hall buildings. And this guy and his buddies, who all seem to be either related or friends with some baggage that they're carrying in, um, come in to do the asbestos removal. And they're coming in to bid um, against bigger companies. And the guy is really desperate. The main guy, Gordon, to get the job is really desperate. So he underbids significantly and says they can do a three-week job in a week. So he's super desperate. His buddies don't know that he made this call and he's got something going on. They, they show him going home to visit his wife and kid. He seems kind of standoffish to go in there and the movie kind of reveals more as we go what actually went down there. But, um, you know, there's obviously tension between these guys. There's obviously not trustworthiness going on between these guys and Gordon, who's supposed to be the even keeled glue that holds them all together is something's happening to him slowly. The, the movie plays around with who your main character is. Cause we've also got, um, uh, what's his head in there from, um, CSI, uh, Miami, um, in an earlier role for, for him. For yeah. Brandon, the ginger David, one. Bigger, David yeah. Caruso. D- David Caruso. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> you know, the funniest, uh, unintentionally funny. We, we used to have blockbuster do that across the street. Oh, Cause Jesus, David <laughs> Caruso, the man, the man chews scenery like nobody else. But, um, uh, you know, they get in there, weird stuff starts happening, but you know, the movie's never really clear if it's anything supernatural or if it's just characters going insane. It kind of takes the shining approach um, with that. One of the guys in the group uncovers some tapes of a prior patient, you know, and they, they spatter in with foreshadowing about one of the guys is a lawyer or his dad was a lawyer. So he knows about cases and the case involving um, uh, Rebecca Hobbs, which is the girl, uh, it was either Rebecca or Wendy. I think it was Rebecca. Wendy was the guy's wife. Um, 
is actually based on a real case. So the guy who wrote the screenplay for this, um, and I, I remember this from when I was younger in the mid nineties, someone who had been a patient at Danvers state who was let back out into the world and kind of was having a normal life, quote unquote, um, went nut barry, um, after an altercation or disagreement with his wife, he got burned or something on a grill and he killed his wife, cut out her heart and put it on a stake in his um, backyard. And, um, so that was kind of like the impetus for the Rebecca Hobbs case and what happens with Gordon, our main character in this movie, it was kind of an amalgam of mm-hmm. them. But this guy's listening to these tapes and this girl is being interrogated by a doctor because she has multiple personality disorder. And obviously the personalities seem to be, um, at least two of them, protective personalities. The guy uh, who's listening to it, I think he was the one who was mm-hmm. the lawyer, um, you know, writes down, the the girl princess is innocence and um uh kevin it, it or, was, kevin or, Rick it's or billy. Bobby or billy 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 yeah um you know is um is protection and then we have simon and simon does not get unveiled until session 9 and we realize that the voice that gordon and has been hearing throughout the movie is simon um so uh all all hell breaks loose people start dying the movie starts being a little bit um playful with who or who not who might be doing it um and it's all revealed that it's been kind of gordon the whole time and he uh got into an altercation with his wife accidentally she spilled um water on him burned him from making spaghetti he went nuts he beat the shit out of her and killed her and the dog and the kid i'm pretty sure if, if i remember from the sound clip which is a problem with late 90s, early 2000s horror movies. They kind of seem to always go. It's it's the Stephen King thing, right? Can't just be killing one person. You got to be real nasty. Yeah. But um, you, you leaving that one out for a minute. Um, He has since that moment checked himself in and is, you know, going through the uh, sequences of um, seclusion and therapy that someone who had been going there the whole time would have been going through why that's happening is left up to anyone's best interest is Simon, some sort of spirit that's possessed him or whatever, but it's all metaphor and it's all subtle and it's all weird. But what it really comes down to is for me. um, And, you know, obviously there's counterpoints that I want to hear, but for me growing up with this place, seeing a horror movie take place in this place, I am captivated at every moment of this film. And that could be my bias. It literally could just be that I was right place and right time. And I can't see it any other mm-hmm. way than that. But I know in, I know in my small group here. And so there was, there was no ill will in intended in recommending this movie. Movies are subjective. Right? Yeah. Um, I really honestly thought it's like, Oh, this is an easy layup. People are going to love this thing. And then I heard the stuff from DC today and I'm like, wow, I really never thought, that way about this movie so i'm i'm really interested to see if we can parse out some of that um so i'd like to know your well i just want to start out and say that i first saw this movie when i was in high school uh probably on uh, probably through sci-fi or something because i remember seeing it on tv i believe um yeah i think sci-fi likes to play this one i think that's yeah and i remember thinking it was an average okay movie back then um but then when i was re-watching it last night and stuff i can't i i couldn't get past the bad 
filmage like it wasn't bad but it wasn't it wasn't bad as in like found footage type of filming like you know just pick up your own you know little uh camcorder and let's start filming but it wasn't good like i don't know like film visuals i it still looked cheap it was i got it's hard for me to explain like it looked cheap but it was still good it was like a top-notch type of cheap do you get what i mean like in the way that no i I get exactly what you mean I, i was actually um i i had done some digging on that um when i had heard ulrich mention it uh dc mentioned it earlier because um you know that and this i'm not not saying that this is your argument at all um, but I think this is a problem with a lot of people who are unable to get into older horror films or older films in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean like this isn't an ancient movie, right? This was made in 2001. But 1999 to 2003, because um, uh, 28 Days Later, I believe, was another film that was filmed with the same cameras they used to make this movie um, and Collateral and a few others. So it, it has that this was the hotness then. Er, the films we're starting to be filmed on digital video mm. and they're the things that ended up becoming the digital film and like the 4k and everything. So everything in this movie has that TV um, over blurred vision, you know, hyper real hyper movement thing that when you're not doing much flair with it and when it's the first versions of it, because I, I look back on this movie is it's, it's a style that's really endearing mm-hmm. to me. And when I heard him say, you know, it wasn't filmed well, I'm like, what do you mean it wasn't filmed well? There's gorgeous shots and angles in this movie, and they really filmed the hell out of the place. But then I I was watching it again today, and I'm like, you know, I could see someone that's used to seeing, like, just separate us by a few years, yeah. right? And if you're if most of the horror films you're used, because even the Blumhouse and A24 movies look friggin' gorgeous because they're filmed friggin' 1080p, you know, yada yada yada. They just look fantastic, even if they're cheap. This movie was a cheap film filmed with a brand new technology that every you know cheap thing <laughs> about it. Um, it, it comes it comes out looking like a made for TV okay. movie. And and I can agree with that wholeheartedly. It kind of reminds me of going back and watching like it, the oh, yeah. it, where for a TV, where for a TV production, that movie was high quality at mm-hmm. the time, right? But you look at it now and you just go, oh, <laughs> you know. And and I don't mean to that to discredit your point by any. I just wonder if that is part of probably like when you were explaining that and stuff. I'm I mean I was sitting here going, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, so, so that kind of helps at least on my, on my thoughts on the visuals of it. Um, another thing though, is it is so slow. Like there's not, there's yep. not a lot of like the, the big story, you know, is that they're all there to do a job and everything like that. And then you got, you know, your, your other kind of middle story of the lawyer guy want to be going down and finding the session notes and stuff like that doing his investigation yeah because yeah, that's his that's his activity. and so but like yeah. it moves really slowly and it just it doesn't start to go anywhere until like a good like towards the final act and that's kind of where a lot of my problem is it is 
boring. And I have to say, for being on such a tight, strict, you know, um, deadline of one week, they take a lot of freaking breaks. That is true. <laughs> that and and you know, it, it makes it makes you wonder if that's you know, intentional for you to recognize that as an audience member, or if it's just, you know, lazy filmmaking, right? It, 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 cause, cause I look at it as that, you know, Gordon is supposed to be this run of type. He is supposed to be the guy that's holding these guys together. And when they're the ones that have to start going, Hey, Gordy, like get back over here, like stop looking out the window and creepily talking on your cell phone that doesn't have a battery, you know, um, (laughs) uh, you, you know, it, it gets, um, it, it's again, do I, for, for me, this stuff really works really well, but I I've also seen it 50 yeah. times. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so, uh, but, but again, where, where I'm coming from, I look at it as this is trying to, it's trying to world build with these guys. And I mean, Brad Anderson, I've, I've read interviews with him. He basically said, you know, we were kind of we were so lucky to have this place and be allowed to film here that we were kind of just hoping it would speak for itself and kind of the atmosphere of having a slow burn movie happening within it. The building itself would be a character kind of like the overlook hotel is in the shining, but I could see, I could see where if that isn't gripping for you, because it's very gripping for me just being like, oh, my God, I get to see inside Denver State Hospital. This is wonderful. You know, um, for for somebody that doesn't have that attachment, just kind of going, OK, what's the point of all this? It's, it it ends up with the found footage allegory of I'm just watching people mumble for freaking half an hour and none of it is interesting. Yeah which I guess I can see that. Yeah. And well, that's, that's basically my big thing was it, it just takes forever to get somewhere. I don't like, I don't know it. You can tell that it was made on a budget and I don't know if like maybe even the script wasn't that good. Cause some of the, at least to me, some of the interactions with people are just so weird. Um, yeah, no, it, it it's, it's a very, this is not um, a crew working at the top of their, their yeah. ability. It it stands as one of my favorite horror movies, despite the blemishes. It kind of has that Kevin Smith clerks kind of vibe to me where it's like, you can see what they're shooting for. So that, that charm is kind mm-hmm. of there for me. Um, but again, that, that I, I don't mean that to be a, um, a counterpoint to being like, and that's why you have to love it because <laughs> only people can love it. <laughs> you, you, you know, um, it's just, it's where I'm coming from on it because it's, you know, like we, we've done shows talking about, you know, comparing Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. films, right? That's a really hard thing to do, right? Cause even the ones that are hot garbage are really well made hot garbage. But when, when you've got something like this, it's, for me, I have to put it in the time and place. Like I, this came out right around the same time as Donnie Darko blockbuster uh, when I rented things. And it's just like those two movies coming side by side. It's just like, wow, this is like, there's weird ass people making weird ass shit right now. And I'm, I was just eating it yeah. up. You know what I mean? Um, but no, keep, keep, keep going. Cause like I said, I'm, I'm used to being surrounded by an echo chamber of love <laughs> for this thing. So. Well, I mean, that's, that's honestly, basically it is just, it's slow. I think it's kind of, I don't really want to say stupid in this message, but maybe a bit confusing for me, which is kind of what I want to talk about. Like, okay. So it, they, it never comes out and 
directly says that it is the ghost of the session nine lady, Mary or whatever her name is, uh, haunting. Um, it could also be just madness that's, you know, causing Gordon to do all this. But at the end, you know, when Simon is yes. talking through the tapes and stuff, he's all like, you know, I, I am in the week and the, and whatever. So are we saying that like, are we just saying, <sighs> is Simon the manifestation of, of negative thoughts? That's generally just in people is Simon something connected to that building. And that's why so many negative cases yeah. were there. Or, you know, is it a manifestation of all the horrible things that were done to people? I guess, there? Yeah. Because like, if you notice, like when we find out what patient number she was, there's a wonderful shot of Gordon in the cemetery, which is the real cemetery, yeah. mind you. That's cool. I've been in it. It's fucking freaky. And he's, and he's sitting on a tree. And under the tree is the broken 444 mm-hmm. tombstone. Like the metaphor and visual there is like, okay, you've cracked it open and now it's in you, you know, but um, you're, you're right. The message, the message is kind of mixed because the, the same problem you end up in with a movie like split, which, which I still really, really like, mm-hmm. but um, a movie like split um, M night Shyamalan's, you know, multiple, multiple, multiple bipolar disorder um, story movie. Uh, and again, I'm probably using the wrong term, but is you end up doing a thing where if you don't walk the fine line well enough, you end up grossly doing a disservice to people who are mentally handicapped. And I feel this, this movie does a decent job of skirting around that by basically just saying, no, this could literally happen to anyone. Like these are people that are pushed to a limit but not push to a limit because they're bad people. It's just this thing kind of walks in and takes advantage of them, whatever it is. Um, but again, yeah, it, it kind of leaves that very vague and, you know, th- things do wrap up a little too nicely um, in this. I will agree. You know, the, they start playing around with the, okay, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? What's going on? And, you know, people start doing stupid things. Like why would the kid, who, you know, has severe fear of the dark go downstairs. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's not really a good reason to push him to do that. But I, I will say with with things like that, you get some incredible visuals, which is why, you know, the question of is this movie badly shot? I would point anyone to that sequence of the lights. Yeah, that was, I will tunnel. admit that was. Because um, that, that is a beautifully filmed yeah. scene. Um, and it's funny, a funny aside, um, I watched this film in the Danvers state apartments with my friends who lived there, which was a freaky ass thing to do in and of itself. We used to play D and D with them in the Kirkbride building. So when he talks about that main building, that's still there. They gutted it, turned it into offices. There's a basketball court and a game room. And we used to play Dungeons and Dragons there. And you had to go downstairs through the basketball court and down this hallway of lockers to get to the bathroom and the hallway of lockers had the auto switch on lights when mm-hmm. you walked by them. And then the lights would turn off when you weren't walking by. So you go into the bathroom and come into a, oh, God. Hallway. <laughs> well, well I came out of the bathroom and came into the pitch black hallway and then the lights all turned on coming. Towards oh no. Me. One of the nights we were there and I went upstairs and told Steve and he's like, don't tell my wife. <laughs> But that happened to me like three times down there oh, no. too. It's really fucking freaky, isn't it? <laughs> I was like, oh Jesus. I don't know if someone in like the electrical team was just being, yeah. being funny. 
And like, you know, but I'm also another freaky thing is the year those apartments opened up, two of the buildings burned down and they never found out why they couldn't det- account it to an electrical fire. They couldn't account it to arson. The buildings just went That's up. That's odd. Um, an- another funky thing is the film crew, three or four people on the film crew um, had to be um, saved from committing suicide. They were on the roof filming those on roof scenes yeah. and like key grips and stuff just started walking uncontrollably towards the edge and tried to jump off. And they had to That's weird. So <laughs> this, this place was freaky and, and still is freaky. <laughs> um, but again, is that enough? Is that the only reason why I like this movie is the, the type of excitement that I can discuss about it and getting to see the inside. That's the, that's the thing that I'm, I always am concerned with. To, to speak to that, I ran a Twitter poll after I was saddened to find out that you guys didn't like it. And with 23 votes, it's sitting at a 78% yes um, for people that like this film that are not. Odd. Okay. And this is not, this is not to make, this is not to make a point other than I wanted to know if maybe me knowing what the place is and growing up with it was clouding my judgment. That That's all I was trying to, uh, to do there. Not to stick it to you, you know, West Coasters. <laughs> No, everybody has their own, you know, (laughs) what they like in horror and what they can accept when watching uh, scary movies and everything else. And I just, me, I can't, like, I can accept the visuals now that you've, now that you talked about the cameras and stuff like that. That's not a problem for me. It's still how slow it is and kind of hazy the story and all the explanations and stuff is. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. Cause if, cause if it doesn't grip you, you just sit there going, well, what yeah. was the point? I, I, I can understand yeah. that. Um, I, to, to add, so, so um, I guess my question is what did you like about it? Um, and I don't mean that as like a nye, nye, nye. I just mean, was there like from a, cause again, this is geeks who haunt. So from a horror standpoint, um, you know, leaving out the parts that you thought were slow. Cause I want to get back to that. Okay. So, a part that I thought was actually going to go somewhere and did add a little bit of tension when Hank was down in the, in the underground tunnels and he found those coins and he was reaching his hand into that yes. hole and digging around and stuff. Um, you know, I was like, okay, what's on the other side. And then it showed us that it was the, um, like the mortuary, I think it is. And he, the more it's where they, yeah, and the he was digging his hand around in the actual, like, uh, the burning hole thingy, <laughs> the burning hole, the place where they, um, yeah, yeah. The yeah the oven. how about that? Um, so it was like all the stuff stored after it was abandoned, or was some of the stuff like the teeth and the eyes and stuff, stuff that you know survived the burning and fell into the ground, and it kind of also made it seem like something was going to be there to like fuck with him or something like that. And I kind of wish that there would have been maybe ghosts or something more to the ghostly thing to, I don't know, do some fucking with characters besides, I don't know. See, see, that's a really good point. And that's one of the things that's hazy is see, I think there are ghosts and I think a lot of the stuff he found in there, because if you look at the way the coins dump out, and this is something I've I've talked with friends, the way the coins dump out and the kind of things he mm-hmm. finds in there couldn't possibly have all been things that just fell off of bodies because they're still in like sacks yeah. and stuff. Like when, when he, 
he pulls a couple things out. So I, I honestly think these things were put there, whether they were put there by Gordon um, as part of like, you know, a way to draw Hank in. But remember the lobotomy yeah. tool that kills Hank, it, Hank finds it in yeah. that wall and it's surrounded by fresh hair. Yeah. That's another thing that was wicked skiing. Yeah. You know, and so I, I look at these things in kind of a Blair Witch Project kind of way. And and I know you're not a found footage fan, but I look at them. They're things that are peppered throughout to keep you misguided and guessing. Mm. And to think that it could just be the building that like if Simon is the building, you know what I mean? Or part like, and these are, these are things like, and this is what I love about film, right? Is I feel like this movie. And again, you, you can completely say, no, it's just boring. There's nothing there and nothing is serving a purpose, but I look at it something more and it is nowhere near as good of a film as that. Um, but I look at it similarly to Stanley Kubrick's shining where the, the movie is set up to kind of be a Rorschach test uh, to kind of put your own fear yeah. into you know what I mean? Like just talking about it now, I'm in my basement and you know, it's I'm, I'm, I'm fucking creeping the shit out of myself. Just thinking about the movie. Maybe that does nothing to you. You know what I mean? But, but that's just what it does for me. But I would say a manifestation of a ghost, even if it was someone having a um, vision would have served this movie very well. And I can't agree with that. I've also talked to others that I think basically the, this movie is almost filmed in a found yeah. style. It's not, but um, I almost feel like a movie like this would be better served by a genre like that of, uh, you know, again, in 2001, that wouldn't have made sense. Cause why would someone have a GoPro or some shit on them doing yeah. this? But, um, you know, uh, you know, th- that kind of thing I might, I think might serve it better, but I don't know. I, it, I, so, so what about for, from a horror standpoint, you know, cause it, it definitely, it definitely heavy hands the horror in like the last yes. 10 minutes. That's where all the horror is in the movie. The rest of it is just tropes. There's no real jump scares. Uh-huh. It's just tropes and um and um false red herrings and you know it's all building up to something that kind of is over very quick. But for me, the impact is really big. The you know Gordon Gordon you know Gordon killed his wife and has taken up residence in this hospital because a weak wounded uh-huh. mind goes back to where weak wounded minds can be. helped because that seems to be simon's thing like whatever simon is you know simon is helping (laughs) that's the that that's the worst part well i was thinking real Um, quick i was thinking that maybe simon is like inside of all of us but it's only the weak and the wounded that allow that side of simon or themselves to come out yeah it is, it is, it's, it's, it's a fascinating concept. And again, I think the argument is really whether it was successful in pulling off that concept more than it being a bad concept. Um, but, but I was going to say what other, cause I love some of the imagery. I love the do it. My, I, my old Nokia flip mm-hmm. phone, when I would turn my old Nokia flip phone on in 2001, you were allowed to have it say a phrase mm-hmm. that was like the cool hotness before smartphones. And uh, mine said, do it <laughs> on the screen when it turned on. That, that's, that's how much I loved this movie. I, I so, But I love the do it Gordon and the him in the hazmat suit covered in blood. Um, I, there's some really cool visuals. But again, they're all very subtle and they are few and far between. So if you're not drawn in by the tension of waiting to see what the hell's going mm-hmm. down, there isn't much there. I can agree with that. But, you know, 
are you a fan of slow burn if it's if it's done well or is it and this goes to UNDC because I know he's sitting there or is it just no that's just not a genre I can do slow burn if they give enough nuggets to keep me kind of interested to keep like like I can I can give me enough nuggets to keep me interested and sprinkle in a little bit of suspense in there to get me all all hyped for it and stuff but I can do a slow burn if it is done right. Okay, so then like Hank disappearing. No, Hank, Hank for you, and that's not me casting. That's not me casting judgment because that happens. No, that was that was interesting because it was like okay, twenty minutes it, in, it was like okay. okay, what is after him? What happened to him? You know, like. I really wanted to know because I couldn't remember everything from watching it way back when and stuff. It was, okay, what was there? Like, you know, he saw that shadow down in the corridor. Is it a ghost of some sort of weird shit that's coming after him? And when he turned that corner and he goes, whoa, like that, and it cuts out. It's like, what the hell happened to him? And then when you see him again and he's all naked and shit, it's like, well, shit, what did happen? Yeah, like, what what happened to him? So I thought that was good. Another thing that I... Another thing that I thought was a really cool choice is aside from the stuff in the, and again, you could disagree with this, but, but aside from the stuff in the corridors, um, this movie again is always happening in broad daylight. Yes. So there's always sunlight coming in. I love, it reminds me of the Texas chainsaw massacre, mm. the original where like normally, and again, it, it, a lot of movies do it, but normally it's, you know, things that are creepy happen in the nighttime. And this movie is like, no, 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 no. This place is scary as hell in the broad daylight. And in the nighttime, it's just dangerous, you know? And, and I love the, you know, Hank at the top of the stairs with the big Spielbergian light pouring in through the chain link fence and the windows. What are you doing? Yeah. Here? with the bloody hand on the window is burned into my head um, as just like, you know, in the coin and then David Caruso's character. So, so then let me ask, cause again, I, I can understand why someone would feel find things boring, but I, 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 I guess, is it the main just story with the characters that bored you? Cause like David Caruso talking to the kids outside, even this time I tried to try to remind myself when I watched it, was there something there or was he honestly just telling them to get the fuck away? Cause you, you liked, cause obviously they're going for a particular look. They look like a couple mm-hmm. of gangbangers, right? So it's like, okay, is he hiring? Is he hiring a couple of local douchebags to kill off Hank? Right, because there's obviously shit going on there, right, between them. Um, you never hear the phone call with Amy. So are you on Gordon's side of so all of this stuff, even this time around, I sat there captivated by it. And I just I, I am bummed out to hear someone else call it boring because it doesn't bore me at all. And I've been bored by a shitload of movies. And and this one didn't. So I, I want to get to like the like the backbone of exactly what bored you was it just that you just weren't interested in the story yeah to me it didn't it like i said it had a real hazy explanation for everything the characters like i said um i didn't really like their interactions with each other besides gordon and um and the and the yeah the ginger yeah like those two were pretty good together but everybody else it felt kind of weird um, I do agree though. See, it's, it's funny. It's, it's funny real quick. Um, <laughs> I, 
being being from around here, and again, this is the you wouldn't know because you're from all of those guys seem so natural oh, to me. Okay, and again, and again, that's just I know like crews of family men and their buddies that go around and do stuff. That is a total like North Shore group of guys, and that doesn't mean that we're just not weird and we don't make sense. But I could see the translate like that is literally like the. You know, Nicky Gordo, you know, this guy and his cousin. And, oh, his cousin's a bit of a fuckhead, so we're going to get Dennis McCabe or whatever to come in and take over. Dennis McCabe, he's a fucking fuckhead guy. You know, this stuff is so legitimate, even though they sound so (laughs) stupid. This is literally how jobs like this go down over here. Like, I've had people work on my house, and it's it's like it's watching a very legitimate thing. That does not mean that it has to translate well for you. But for me, it's like, oh my God, attention to detail. Like even, even the guy that takes them around the hospital and his weird explanations for stuff is so eclectic and reminds me like, that would be my mother if she took you on a tour of a hospital. She'd be like doing weird things. Like I call these the bat wings, you know, and you'd be like, oh my God, this woman is out of her mind. (laughs) We need to not talk to her. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. But no, no, it's it's very interesting. No, no, it, it's it's really interesting just to see, and it, it just the movie. Like I see a poster for it, and I get excited, and it, it's just one of those. It just really hit me at the right time. I mm-hmm. think could could really be the best explanation I have. Um, now, would you say like, is there a slow burn movie you would say is as like comparable to this in? the amount of minimal amount of stuff that happens where the character interactions and the payoff works better for you. Is there like one that you could think of off the top of your head? And just to give, you know, cause I know listeners come to this show oftentimes to hear us just gloat about how great something is, but they're coming out with like a 50 50 of one guy saying, Hey, you're going to love this thing. And the other person going, God, no, <laughs> don't watch this. So, um, you know, it, I'd like to see a comparable because because I'd mentioned to DC a film like It Follows, mm-hmm. which I know he likes and I like. Do you like It Follows or does that have similar problems? No, I hate that movie, and this that movie will be another Gingsu okay. haunt. So <laughs> watch out for that. Okay. No, cool, and I, I won't blow it. I just want that's just one that pops into my head. What about The Invitation? Which one's that one? I don't know if you've seen it. Karen Kusama, the lady that did um. The uh, Diablo Cody movie with Megan Fox, um, Jennifer's Body, um, did this uh, movie. Uh, it's a slow burn. People get together for a meeting with a guy's ex-wife, and she's being really weird, and she's in like this culty kind of thing. But they're trying to be oh, nice, no, no, no. and it just progresses into complete fucking insanity. Yeah. Um, I I would highly recommend that. Again, I'm just trying to think. But but do you, do you have one that like? falls into a good version of something that has because again there isn't much horror in this movie till the last five ten minutes no right? other than that it's just setting up yeah no i don't have one off the top of my head because unless i absolutely love a movie and i've watched it over and over again i am honestly not going to remember what any movie is about whether or not i liked it or disliked no, it of course, of course. <laughs> so i i don't have one off the top of my head but does does session nine remind you of anything that you like more than session nine? Uh, or is it just no? This movie's junk and I hate it. <laughs> Which is fine too. <laughs> um, I 
I don't have anything off the top of my head. I'm sorry. I'm blanking so hard, but I don't hate it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to grab your show no, for you either. I, to me, House on Haunted Hill, House on Haunted Hill came out two years prior, and I love the shit out of that big dumb late '90s crazy gore fest. Oh, I love and that, that movie. Does way more horror with a similar concept. I love that movie. So there you go. Yeah. I, these are a great double feature for me because that one does the full. Hey, here's what a hospital actually inhabited by ghosts is like, and then Session Nine is like, what if we didn't tell you if there were yeah. ghosts or not? And so you kind of get two opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. All right. We have to wrap this up now. Yeah, sorry. I just, I, I like, no, I know, I know, but <laughs> I have to keep it short for my listeners. But anyway, so listeners, you have two opinions. One, I think it's too slow. Um, kind of hazy on story and details, but then again, Chris thinks it's awesome and has every, as you've listened to he has a lot of good points to it. Either way, watch it if you haven't seen it. Make your own opinion of it. Don't just listen to us and decide whether or not um, it's good or not. So go ahead and plug your stuff, dear Chris. Well, since I live in the weak and the wounded, um, weak and wounded, please should come and listen to my <laughs> stuff. Um, you can find me on um, the Chippa made this. If you search that, you'll find all my stuff. Um, I do the Chipman Brothers tangent, shooting the shit with Chippa, creating geeks, and the Talkbuster podcast, all of which um, are fun, geeky escapes into weirdness and just me talking to random people. Um, you can also find Hopped Ones on YouTube. That's my beer drinking show that's similar to the Spicy Wing Challenge show, Hot Ones, except it's with beer. And uh, you can find my newest show, This Made the Chippa, which is a play on the name of my podcast because it is a show going through every year of my life and talking about events that happened then and movies and in the future, hopefully other things um, that shaped me into the person I am now. And just to kind of put you in a wow, he's old and I think <laughs> Terminator came out the year he was born. Um, so stuff, stuff like that. Um, so, uh, you know, it's always a pleasure to be on this show and um, you know, I love being a guest here. I love being a guest on geeks with shields. I love having Ulrich and Axel um, on my show and Kelly as the producer in the background always, you know, shows up making a snarky comment from here and there. I got to get you on my show, <laughs> by the way. Okay. I think that'd be okay. fun. Um, no, you mean you, you're awesome. But yeah, no, I, I really appreciate um, all of this and I'm happy to be able to have, um, discussions, whether they're in agreement or in disagreement with someone that are respectful. And, you know, um, in today's world, that's very refreshing. So yes, of course. Um, we love having you on. You've become one of our good friends. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right, listeners, I will leave you with horror tip number 2,699. Going into abandoned buildings is only fun when in a touring group and you aren't alone with the demons.